0: Despite our best intentions, we all get offended at times. It might be over small things like a parking space, a church, or, or big things like betrayal. In Luke 17, 1, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus is saying you are kidding yourself if you think you could live your life without anyone ever upsetting you. Conflicts will come, but it's how we handle them that makes all the difference. Jesus goes on to say, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if your he repents, forgive him. If someone wrongs you, do not pretend it did not happen. Have the courage to graciously and lovingly address it. I'm not talking about keeping score over every little misstep and mishap, but I am saying instead of just talking about the person, talk to the person. If they're willing to make healthy adjustments, let it go and move on. Conflicts are inevitable, but they not only reveal who others are, they also reveal who we really are. For more, go to gracechurchba.org. And as always, live big. You were made to think big, too big, look it. Well, tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the word overflow You yeah. Live my life bigger than yourself. You're created for me.
1: Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching.
0: We thank you, Father, that the Lord Jesus died for us and rose for us. And because of that, we could spend our lives actually digging into all that his death, all that his resurrection has accomplished for us, Father. And today, as we talk about the full arm of God, we're going to learn about how the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how the Holy Spirit in our life, all because of him, uh, empowers us to deal with whatever crisis may come our way. And I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, and we all say, Amen. Amen. We are again in the full armor series, and we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter six and verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole. The Greek there is the word panoplia, panoplia, and it's where we get the English word panoply, panoply. And uh, what it speaks of is, is a wide range and an and impressive array or display uh, And that's important because what we're finding out in this series is God wants us to be impressive. He wants you to dress so well that demons hate themselves when they see you. This is what these Bible verses are talking about. He says, take up the full range of equipment that God has provided each of us that you may be what able to endure, to survive, to weather, and resist in the evil day. The the implication is if you don't have uh, this equipment on, you will not be able to withstand, resist, survive, and weather the evil days. And having done all to what? Stand. So if we live out these revelations, we will be the last ones standing. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We've talked about that at some length, and we know that the uh, belt of truth was the first thing that a Roman soldier put on, the the belt uh, actually made it possible for him to run because they had these dresses, kind of, if you will, and you had to tuck your skirts, forgive me for calling it that, into the belt, and and that was the way you ran. But I want to read Psalms 119, 160. It says, the entirety of your word is what? Truth. So God's word here is likened to the truth, and it's the first thing we must have established in our lives. And if we don't, uh, and if we skip this step and and we just go on into religiosity without uh, realizing the priority and preeminency of God's word everything else in our life will eventually come unraveled. So if your primary goal is, you know what, I come to church to to feel good versus lining up your life and your thoughts with God's truth, you are going to come apart in spiritual battle. So uh, here, the first thing a soldier is concerned about according to this analogy or metaphor that, that the scriptures give us is what is the truth and I want to align myself with truth meaning what are the marching orders of God in this particular situation. And then it says having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this particular piece of armor requires intense humility uh, because it requires us to come to terms with the fact that, that our righteousness is a gift from God. It's not something that we could ever possibly earn on our own. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And that is the gospel message. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is being grounded in the fact that God is for you and not against you. You know, just like cleats. When you have cleats on your feet, it, it's hard to be pushed backwards. It, it's hard to slip. It's more likely you will keep your ground. And our feet are to be shod with these shoes that have spikes in them, uh, because it represents the fact that we, 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 we have to know that we know again that God is for us, not against us. We have peace with God. And we talked about that last week. We also talked about the fact that we have to learn to get along with others. So part of of our feet being shod with peace is, you know, uh, not living in strife and and not being so quickly uh, offended. Anything that costs us our God-given peace, and we talked about this last week, is way too expensive. Now let's get into our, our focus for today. Verse 16. He says, above all now, the wording in this translation is a little bit unfortunate and, and a little bit misleading because it doesn 't mean that what 's about to come next is more important than everything that has uh, already been spoken of or that might follow what it means is in addition to everything that, that has been said, do this or besides everything that has been said here 's what I want you to do so after you put on your belt after you put on your breastplate uh, after your, your shoes have been placed on your feet, make sure you you do this next thing, which is grab your shield. It says, above all, taking, not newly obtaining, but taking what should already be at your disposal. And we've talked about this in weeks past. Peter says this, he says, his divine power has already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So it's already ours. We just have to access it and use it. Taking the what? Shield. Now, at this time in history, soldiers had uh, different types of shields depending on their particular roles. So if you were on a horse, you'd have a different shield than someone that was in the cavalry. If you were in a palace, you may have a different shield than uh, again someone that uh, was in the cavalry or, or on a horse. But here, Paul is being very specific about the type of shield he's talking about. He's talking about the oblong, door-shaped shield called the uh, scutum that was actually very famous. And when you look at the ancient movies, you often see this, this shield. And it was uh, called, it, the, the scutum is more uh, uh, Latin, I believe. Uh, but in the Greek, the term that was used here actually means door. And uh, why did they use that language? Because this shield was actually the size of a door in ancient times. It was about two and a half feet wide and about four feet high. And it weighed about 20 pounds. And, you know, uh, a soldier obviously had to be pretty strong to wield around and carry around constantly this uh, 20 pound uh, object called the scutum. Above all, taking the what? Scutum or the shield. Now, this, this shield was curved. And it protected the soldier's entire body. And uh, the reason it, it was curved was, was actually so the shield uh, could stand alone. In, in a couple moments, I'll show you a picture of that. But he's about to liken the shield to, to faith because our faith, you know, ultimately covers every need that arises. So faith in God is designed to cover us completely. It says the shield of what Fate Now again, the shield had a curve it was like a cylinder, and uh, the reason it was like a cylinder was so it could also stand alone, meaning the soldier uh, could lean it against him, uh, the soldier could just sit down his shield at, at certain points before he takes it up, so uh, it, it helped it to stand alone, and that was important. But the downside of this very, very large shield was that it restricted free arm movements so The best way to use this particular shield was almost always in formation. You see, faith is individual but it's strongest when it's combined with others. That's why we are the body of Christ. That's why we are a church. Because yes, there is strength individually, but when two or three of us agree it's touching anything, uh, there our God is in the midst, and uh, there's value of us, with us, or in us, coming together. And here's the deal, if everyone moves together, uh, forward, success tends to take care of itself. So if everyone's moving forward together, success begins to take care of itself. So unity is a very, very, very powerful thing. And the shield worked best when folks were united and in unison in using the shield. It says, above all, taking the what? Shield, the uh, scutum, which was, again, made of wood. um, And uh, I don't don't know if I told you that, actually. Above all, take the shield, a scutum, which was made of wood, wrapped uh, in multiple layers of leather, animal hide. It was very tightly woven, these layers. And, and each layer by itself was, was very, very, very tough. Even blacksmiths in the ancient world, they would wear these thick leather aprons because the, the leather protected them from the heat. And this is the power of, of these animal Hides And uh, there was actually six to seven of them that was wrapped around this wood. And and actually, one writer says that this shield was literally as strong as steel. A lot lighter, but as strong as steel. It says, the shield of what? Faith. Now, the shield was incredibly strong. But the problem was, over time, it would become rigid and breakable without proper care. And this is important. So each morning, a soldier would have a, a little bottle of, of oil and he'd saturate the cloth with oil and rub it into the shield to keep it soft and supple. And this is important. If there was not a daily oiling of the shield, it would eventually crack under pressure. I just said something that's important. The reason we're cracking under pressure Is because many of us have discounted the daily rejuvenating, revitalizing, refreshing power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't take any time to to be with God and to experience his voice, his presence, and his power. And again, when we don't do that, when we go into a battle, we we tend to, to crack. Psalms 92 and 10 says this, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. Now, a horn was a symbol of strength. You know, a rhinoceros horn, that's what makes, well, you know, a rhinoceros is just big, but on top of his how, how huge he is, what makes him so fierce is that big horn on top of his head. And same with the elephant, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, his size is, is immense, but those horns can really do damage to a, a lion. And, and the strength of a wild ox was actually legendary. So, you know... God gifted the the writer of this psalm with strength that other men only dreamed of. And where did this strength come from? The next uh, clause tells us. It says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. So his strength came from God's anointing. And this anointing remained fresh. And this is important. We got to keep it fresh. I've been at this thing for over 30 years. Grace Church is uh, 20 plus years old. And I've learned that the anointing of God will keep you if you stay with him and and keep walking with him and and make it a daily thing. God will keep you current and he'll keep you fresh. But you've got to learn to lean on him daily. Let's go back to Ephesians 6 and 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the what? Fiery darts. So this is the part that gets frustrating for me And folks with my type of personality, the faith described here is enduring, not attacking. It's not offensive. It's more defensive. So the type of faith that this armor is picturing is not necessarily the type of faith all of us would want. We want the type of faith that would stop every problem before it even occurred. But that's not what it's talking about here This faith does not stop bad things from necessarily happening or arrows from flying. It only limits their impact. You see, sometimes God protects us from, and I like those times. I love those times. I'd almost say it seems in my life, maybe 90% of the time, he delivers me from. But in this example, like the three Hebrew boys, God delivered them while they were in. So, you know, if, you, if you're like me and, and uh, you're like, Lord, why, why didn't you stop the arrow from being shot in the first place? But that would be like, you know, playing a football game where a defense was not allowed to face an offense. And, uh, you know, those who know the answers aren't afraid of being tested. And if, if God's really in me, it's like, well, what's even the problem with that? Let it happen, son. I got you in the midst of it. So sometimes, you know, our faith is limited to God just uh, protecting us in a way that we don't face crisis. God's like, what about faith that goes a little bit deeper, the type of faith that will protect you in a crisis? And that's exactly what happened with Jesus. He said, Father, is there any way let this cross pass? But God said, no, 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 no. Uh, this is my plan for you, and this is the way it's going to go. So God was like, okay. Jesus was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go through it, and you'll protect me in it, and not necessarily from it. And he was Jesus. So if this was the case with Jesus, how much more you And I,
1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. Stay tuned and we will be right back with the rest of today's teaching.
2: The desire for personal and professional development is a characteristic of successful leaders. It's the desire for growth and to serve with excellence that makes a great leader. The pathway to becoming a better leader isn't always easy. Busy schedules, finding proven resources, and networking with like-minded individuals can be challenging and time-consuming. If this sounds familiar, check out the Renaissance Leadership Network, where you will connect to a dynamic group of peers. Find premium resources and expertise from time-tested world-class leaders to help propel you towards your leadership goals. Best of all, the Renaissance Leadership Network offers ISet Continuing Education Units for its learning events that comply with the ANSI ISet Continuing Education and Training Standard. For more information, go to rlnleadership.com. And learn more about membership benefits designed to take you to the next level of leadership. While you are there, be sure to register for the next online leadership session.
1: Now back to today's teaching.
0: It says here that we'll be able to quench all the what? Fiery darts. Now, he's speaking here of ancient arrows that were wrapped in flammable cloth that that was soaked. The cloth was soaked in fluids and then it was wrapped around the edge of the arrow And then the arrow was was lit. But he's also speaking of the arrows that actually they look like normal arrows, but the interior of the arrow had been hollowed out. And the interior of the arrow was filled with flammable substances. And uh, when they struck a shield, it would actually explode. So these were mini missiles and, and they were very frightening in the ancient world. You know, it's amazing how ingenious we are when it comes to hurting one another. I mean, we are absolutely brilliant when it comes to war. Able to quench all the fiery darts. So we see here. That we may not be able to stop every arrow, but we can counter or quench the arrows that come our way. So what the soldiers would do before battle is they would soak their shields in water. Now, daily they oil these shields so they would be quite flammable. So what, again, they would do right before battles, they would, they would soak the shields in water. And How many know that in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, God likened his word to water. And in Luke 4, uh, the Holy Spirit is likened to oil. And we need both the water of God's word and the saturation of the Holy Spirit in our lives in order to win. It says to quench all. So the shield, if, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit in your life, if you have a, a regular uh, input of the word going into your heart and mind, you will be able to quench every and all the fiery darts. But watch this of the wicked one. Meaning, you know, things are not just happening in our lives. There's a mastermind working a strategy behind every single attack that we deal with. And you know, ancient battles typically in the first century and even through much of the the, the middle ages, the battle started by the opposing army shooting actually from many, not only most of the time we think of this, we think of an army in front of them just shooting forward. But what what the opposing army would try to do is get on as many sides as possible of the advancing enemy and uh, shoot these fire-tipped arrows in order to overwhelm and to confuse. And, and the the goal was not necessarily for these arrows to strike the soldiers, Uh, as much as, you know, if you drop your shield, that would, would be what would happen, but to get them to panic because, you know, these, these arrows would explode when it hit their shield to get them to panic, to drop their shields. And the whole goal of the arrows was to get them to drop their shields and a a person fighting without their faith. is like a soldier fighting without their shield. That person's already done. That person's dead. So your shield is important. And what the devil knows is he can't defeat your shield. So what he tries to do is motivate you to drop your shield, drop your faith, drop your trust in God. Walk away from from things that, that God has anchored you in. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which, now this is the word of God. It's either true or it's not. It's either God said it or it didn't. According to my Bible, God said this, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all, every single one, the darts, fiery darts of the evil one. Now, how does Satan literally fire these darts typically in our lives? Debilitating feelings, fears, imaginations, lies that he injects into our minds and puts into the mouths of of others. You know, it, it took me a long time to learn, you know, the devil is a liar. I know that's cliche. Actually, it's a, it's a Bible verse. And, but, but, you know, we say that as believers, you know, the devil is a liar. But it took me a while to really, really figure it out and, and get to revelation. You know what? The devil is a liar. So when the devil says, I am not, it must mean that I am that. When the devil says, I am that must mean I'm not that. And I've learned that he is a liar. And the fact that the devil's trying to steal something from me just means I must have something. I must be on to something. So when the devil starts whispering in my ear, I'm learning to say whatever he's saying, I'm probably the opposite. And he's trying to trick me and debate me and, and confuse me on the point. Uh, but but the devil, he, he's a devil. And literal arrows, you know, aren't necessarily flying as much as thoughts. The Bible says that... Uh, uh, you know, we cast down imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God the battlefield is in the mind and it's the fiery darts, it's those thoughts that, you know, I, I don't like myself, I hate myself, God's not for me, whatever can go wrong will go wrong for me, those types of thoughts are flaming arrows of the devil and you think that it's just the way you were raised the family you came out of or, or just the way you are, no, it's the devil and the devil has you bound and you don't know it and uh, we, we, we have to allow the word of God to extinguish these fires and, and put out these flames. Again, the flames will come. You know, I think it was Martin Luther who said, You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest on your head. And the reality is, some thoughts will come. I mean, the imaginations will come, and, and it's just going to happen. You'll hear things said, but that's not the same as letting that thing build a nest on the inside of you. So, again, the arrows will fly, but the shield of faith will extinguish it when it comes you will be able to what quench all the fiery darts if you hold on to your shield stuff will happen but it will not have its intended effect remember the hebrew boys they were put in the fire but they didn't burn the bible even goes on and said that their clothes didn't even smell like smoke god will have you come out of that thing smelling so good if you just trust him, I know you'd rather not have to use a shield. I know you'd rather God just stop the arrow, but that's not his way. According to the scripture, some of that stuff's going to come. And when it comes, God's just going to extinguish it and you are going to prevail. So God's not frightened about, uh, you know, the ability of, of, of his players on the field. He allows an offense and a defense because he knows what he's placed in his team. And he knows that ultimately we have what it takes to win. You will be able to quench all the what fiery darts so the arrows may fly. I mean, some of us right now, we're getting hit by stuff. Stuff's happening in our homes. Stuff's happening in our families. Things are happening to our loved ones. It takes faith to believe what I'm about to say. But according to Scripture, you can come out of that circumstance undamaged, unharmed, untouched, and even unfazed.
1: This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at GraceChurchVA VA or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.
2: The desire for personal and professional development is a characteristic of successful leaders. It's the desire for growth and to serve with excellence that makes a great leader. The pathway to becoming a better leader isn't always easy. Busy schedules, finding proven resources, and networking with like-minded individuals can be challenging and time-consuming. If this sounds familiar, check out the Renaissance Leadership Network, where you will connect to a dynamic group of peers. Find premium resources and expertise from time-tested world-class leaders to help propel you towards your leadership goals. Best of all, the Renaissance Leadership Network offers ISet Continuing Education Units for its learning events that comply with the ANSI ISet Continuing Education and Training Standard. For more information, go to rlnleadership.com and learn more about membership benefits designed to take you to the next level of leadership. While you are there, be sure to register for the next online leadership session.